Amen. Amen. Okay. <laughs> Thanks, folks. Thank you. There we go. <laughs> that's my mom clapping in the back. So um, that's, that's true. Biggest so there fan. she is, my biggest fan, and Doug's too. So, um, so like he said, I'm Rachel, Jeff. Um, we're from the waters. Um, and so we're just going to tell you a little bit about ourselves, a little bit about our journey. Like Doug talked about, our church is 14 and a half years old. Um, and was a church plant, uh, started with 12 people, um, and so it has grown in the last 14 and a half years. Welcome. Sit anywhere. We're glad to have you. So, um, but, so like Doug said, I came after college. Um, I came up to um, the waters, and I was, um, honestly, I just loved Doug and Peggy, and so I was like, I will come and move and, like, serve on their team. That would be so fun. Um, and I didn't realize, like, student loans kick in in a little bit and whatever. Um, and so I came and said, I'll just volunteer and I'll find a different job. So I moved back home to Painesville, lived with my parents for a little bit. Um, and then was like that, it was like a 45-minute drive kind of. So um, eventually the church was able to pay me enough to just have an apartment in town um, in Sartell, which was sweet. It was a... Um, Doug said, what if we get you like the coolest apartment in town? And I lived with the kids pastor that was like volunteering at the time too. And so he said, then you guys could actually have the youth group and the kids stuff at your apartment. So it was like we kind of lived in our youth ministry, kids ministry apartment kind of thing. So because um, it had like a pool in it and he's like, that way youth group can happen there if you start something. So um, so that's kind of um, how it came. And then I got a another part-time job um, working just as an admin at a financial um, wealth management office and stuff like that. So, um, but I came on the team to help start youth stuff. And, um, and then um, when I started, the church was, Doug was the full-time person. I don't know, there was, maybe we stipend um, a worship pastor, worship leader, and then uh, me a little bit here and there. So it was very much, we had just a, a pretty much volunteer um, crew. Uh, to start things out and we were a uh, church plant kind of in the box in a trailer um, every Sunday and we'd set up at a wedding and event center. We'd clean up like the beer and the glass from the night before and then um, have church. So when I started that was the crew, that was the team and then like he said my role has kind of um, evolved and changed just really as the church has grown and as the church has kind of needed some change. So I started um, starting a youth group stuff and then eventually was able to come on full time, but needing to do lots of things. So when you're at a small church, um, it's not like you get to be the full-time kids pastor right out of the gate or whatever that may be, full-time youth pastor. Um, it was like you can do... Um, you can do youth and then you can oversee the kids and youth teams and then you can do a little bit of this and you can do a little bit of that. And so um, I kind of, that's where I kind of started. So I I've did youth ministry at our church for seven or eight years and then um, the last seven I've kind of transferred or transitioned roles into um, working a lot with our life groups, um, working with ministry development stuff. Our title, um, we call our title Activating Strategic Leadership because I'm an activator and he's strategic. So, um, and that's how we just work together is like, I want to start things left and right. And he's like, there should be some strategy behind this. And I'm like, doesn't matter, start it. And then we'll figure out the strategy. So, um, so that's where we kind of take team and work well on the team together. So I, um, and then now I oversee, I work with our life groups and then I oversee our next gen ministry. So all of our um, kids, now we have a, a team of 10 pastors, um, which is incredible. Um, our newest one that we just added to the team is right here, and she just got ordained yesterday, which is cool, Nicole. Um, so that's pretty awesome. So um, she's part-time on the crew. And so, um, but yeah, so now we have a, a pretty 
a pretty big crew, and so we're kind of working to um, help direct and um, lead that crew. So I work with our next-gen team, our, our three youth pastors um, that work young adults to junior high, and then we have kids pastors, um, one part-time and one full-time, and then a pre-K director um, that I work with as well. So um, that's kind of I, that's kind of a little bit about us. I got married um, when I was 30 to my husband, Nick, who is not here, but he is the bomb. Um, and so he was a high school math teacher and our student, I was youth pastoring and they said, you should date my math teacher. And I was like, that's so weird. I don't want to do that. Like, I'm sick of you guys trying to set me up with your like uncle that just got out of prison. And he's like, <laughs> you know, you're like, he could use a woman that loves the Lord. And I'm like, wow. Could use some longevity there. Um, so, but so I was, yeah. So then they convinced their youth or their math teacher to come to church, and I was like, oh, I like you. Um, and so we got married, and we have twin little girls, um, two and a half years old, which is super cool. So he teaches math, he coaches uh, basketball, he umps, and he um, he's on a lot of um, really cool. He just had a lot of favor in the school, and so we have a Sartell is a city of eighteen thousand. And so our school district is just, I mean, we just got one school district, you know, um, with all of the, the schools within it. And so my husband's actually been on some committees and recently on some equity stuff and on some um, culture stuff. And so he's in a lot of that. And then he is an FCA um, leader. He gets to be a coach and then meet with his students in the morning and talk about Jesus, which is just the coolest thing ever. So he's just a missionary basically in Sartell High School. So, um, yeah, and we have two little girls. And that's a little bit about there you go. There you go. I got to skip. Uh, so I'm Jeff and my wife, Abby, she's not here either. Uh, we have four daughters, so that explains all that, right? And uh, <laughs> someone's got to do all the other stuff. Um, but um, yeah, so I got to skip all that beginning part of the church, which is, is cool. I never swept up beer or whatever uh, in the glass, but um, actually started out, Abby and I, we got married when we were 19. We were youth leaders at our home church. Uh, it was Fridley Assembly of God back in the day, and then it turned into Emmanuel Christian Center. And so we were youth leaders there, and our middle school pastor said, would you come and be? We were going to school at North Central. I was doing correspondence because uh, I was working. And so would you come and be my middle school pastor? He was moving to Fort Wayne, Indiana. I was 20 years old when we pulled out of the driveway to do that, and I thought, this is awesome. And I had everything figured out, and I knew nothing. And uh, it, was, uh, it was a really fun experience, but we were there for... Uh, uh, about four and a half years, and just loved it. Loved the church, loved ministry. I remember the, the you know, just thinking, man, I, I can't believe we get to do this. And, and so um, four and a half years, we went through some transition. The pastor I went there with uh, actually uh, resigned a couple years in. They asked me to stay. We brought in another guy, and, think, and, then, uh, and then I got a call. Uh, we adopted our first daughter from Guatemala, and then we uh, also found out we were pregnant um, basically right when we got back with her from Guatemala, so which is pretty crazy. So they're like 14 months apart, um, which is awesome. So no family, big family, right? like that's what it felt like. And so, um, so we got a call from Emmanuel, uh, our home church, and said, hey, would you, uh, would you come back and be our, our middle school pastors? And so I thought, uh, it, I wrestled with that, put on about 30 pounds just contemplating. Anyone do that when you get stressed? So uh, I call that the yo-yo. And, uh, and so... Um, so yeah, so we did that and uh, prayed about it and felt like we'd love to get back around family. So we came and we were youth pastors there at Emmanuel for um, about 10 years. And uh, so, and then 
I got old <laughs> and I was like, I can't do youth anymore. Right. Like, like all nighters were taking me like a week to recover from. And I'm like, I can't, I can't, I can't live this life anymore. And so we started talking and there was transition going on too. And in the meantime, Doug started calling and saying, Hey, would you help me? And so, uh, so we prayed about it, loved the heart of the church, loved the DNA of Doug and the team and what they were doing there. But it is a very different place. And we're going to talk about that uh, kind of today. That's kind of where we're heading is uh, it's a really different place than where I came even eight and a half years ago. When, uh, when uh, Abby and I showed up, um, Doug basically, when he was saying, he goes, I like, this is what's happening. He was so excited. You could see his passion. Uh, I know he's not going to listen because he, he's not going to be able to focus through a whole hour to actually listen to this. So, but, um, but. <laughs> <laughs> hey Doug, uh, but uh, no, for real though, like it's just a, it was a totally different place. And he was, he, he, as he shared the passion, he goes, I am just completing one of the, our second building phase on the building. And he said, I'm, I'm exhausted. I'm tired. And he said, I need, honestly, because he said, can I tell you what I'm looking for? I need another one of me. And I was like, well, I don't know if I can be that. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know if I want to be that. And so, but, uh, but as he talked, I knew what he meant. He was like, I'm looking for someone that can just come alongside and, and, and help, you know, that's what he needed. And so um, little did he know we needed structure and we needed some clarity and we needed some systems put in place. Um, And so that's sort of where, um, um, I love strategy, so that's sort of where I thrived, and kind of we see that God put put that together. So, um, so that's kind of where we started. So, so um, I'm going to talk, yes, a little bit about the path we've taken. We um, we for real don't have it all figured out, and so we have a really big team, and it's a. I mean, these people are from our church; they know we don't have it all figured out. So, um, we have a lot that we are still learning, a lot that we're still um, developing, even as we have teams under us, whether volunteer or. Um, our staff, part-time, stipend, whatever. I mean, we've got all the different roles happening. Uh, but again, like the church started with 12 people and Doug um, and his wife kind of leading that charge. So we've had a lot of change, a lot of transition, um, just navigating through all of that. And so um, as we've grown through the years, we've had to bring clarity and define um, what a win looks like in areas um, because, I mean, we got so much going on. And so it's like, well, what is, what is just high welcome? Um, what does a win look like when we're all said and done? Um, our church does a lot of events. Um, we are really like the only church like us in the area. Um, we do a lot of, um, Doug and Peggy know how to throw a party. And so they just throw a party with their church. And now our church is um, probably like 1,100 people on a weekend from 12 people uh, before. And so as we um, continue to grow, like when you, I remember in some of this transition, we'd be like, well, let's do a family night tonight. And like, our staff would be the only people like setting up and you know we wouldn't plan like really a good setup plan or a good like teardown plan and then it turned out we were the ones running it but then all of a sudden as we've grown it'd be like 400 people showed up and we were always surprised like well that was huge and it's like okay we got to stop being surprised by this like this keeps <laughs> happening like people like come to the parties you know and so it's super fun but we got to take other people in and we got to have other people come along with us or otherwise we're going to burn out these five volunteers that that constantly are just here and like serve and are so bought in and we love that but like we got to go bigger we got to expand and we got to kind of shoulder tap some people so again we went from that one full-time kind of thing to a staff that's continued to grow um 
And so like whether you um, serve at a church or serve um, in a volunteer, you know, like my husband is on FCA or you're in a parachurch organization or whatever, or your staff um, somewhere, like you have to learn how to develop others around you. Otherwise, first of all, I just think it's boring. You know what I mean? Like if you're doing everything by yourself, like I will tell you, like, um, like you said, we have had three building phases, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, when I was doing youth ministry, like, we went from my apartment to we bought this little, it was the original Sartell schoolhouse. And then, um, and every building phase we've done, we've had MAPS, which is um, the volunteer uh, trades people that come and serve, which they are like my heroes. Um, I want to do that when I grow up. And so we've had them come and help, but like our team has done a lot of, like I've done the landscaping um, or like Jeff was the job, what were you, contractor kind of uh, for what, our last two, you know. So like, I mean, we have just like, we get our hands dirty and we get into stuff. Um, but like there are times when I would be flipping the sanctuary from youth group to uh the church or whatever on the weekend and I'm like set in chairs and I'm mad like I'm losing my salvation because I am doing this by myself and I'm like I'm gonna murder people you know like somebody's got to help me and it's like well then I have to like step back and be like okay have I asked anybody have I like casted a little bit of vision to say like hey like hey if you would like would you ever want to come and like help tear down this event because then when you help do that it helps our other team and the front end get to talk to the people, you know, like you got to find and seek out the people that like get them in their sweet spots. And so we have some people that just love to like be in the kitchen serving. And they're like, I love to like throw the party. And like, I am so happy to like just be back there chopping up all the fruit and everything and watch as like the 400, 500 people are running around and they're having this party. And it's like, that's their sweet spot. And so um, as we've grown, we've had to figure out how to like do that. And again, like whether they're volunteer, whether they're on our staff, um, I, we came, I came from like doing a lot of it ourselves. Like, okay, so we're going to flip this church office building. It was, it was like a foreclosed thing. And so we were going to turn it into a church office building. So we were like, I mean, killsing the basement, like, cause that's where I was going to do youth group. And so then like Doug found this Ikea light, like this was back in the day, found this Ikea light at a garage sale. And he's like, Rach, this could be like your light for the the stage and like in a little tiny basement. Okay. This basement was probably like 20 by 30 at the most. Um, and so I had this little Ikea light that shined and I would click it. I'd have a kid like, you know, spin the clicker. And then I'm like, yeah, there we go. And so uh, that was youth group, you know, right next to the ping pong table or whatever. So it's like, but then we had just people continue to like jump on the team or help see those needs. But we went from doing a lot of that ourselves to figuring out like we got to develop a team and build on this. Most of our clarity, our growth, like defining the wins, um, our stuff like that has come out of desperation for real. Um, it's come out of growth or it's come out of like, okay, if we're going to have 30 volunteers come to this or we need 30 volunteers, like, first of all, who are we all asking? How are we like going after them? Um, and then what are we having them do? And then when they get there, like we can't all be doing it and have no time to direct them. And then are we like encouraging them while they're here? You know, so um, a lot of our growth and desperation, even on a staff level, we've had, we'll do events or we'll do, you know, you have Easter weekend or something and it's big and there's a lot going on, but it's like, we haven't given our team like, hey, you got to come at this time and leave at this time or like, hey, we're, you know, your role is going to be this or your role is going to be that. It used to just be like, everybody come and we'll figure it out. And um, for the activators, for the strategic, for the the people that see like the gaps and the holes, you're like, 
I'm figuring it out right now and you are like just having a party, you know, like then you're like, okay, well, I just maybe didn't give them clarity or like help them like know what their role and responsibility was for that. And so that's where we've developed a lot of just different, um, so different things. And so I'm going to talk about them in a little bit, but we have like leader playbooks, coach playbooks, like what it, we literally say, what it takes to win as a coach, what it takes to win as a leader. Um, and all of this, we are like, we've developed some things, I've activated some things, and now I'm like, okay, we gotta get more strategic. We gotta get like uh, better at implementing this or better at like putting this in front of our people. Um, we can't just like come up with a new idea and then like every month and then never reference it again because they're all like, oh yeah, I remember when you guys came up with that one cool, you know, culture thing you were going to do. And you're like, you guys haven't talked about it in a year. You know, it's like, oh, but we will. <laughs> Stay tuned. So, um, so a lot of it is like, we've just, we're trying to figure it out as we go. And that's what I feel like ministry is. Like the train is moving down the track and you need to check the, you need to like change the oil. You need to do stuff. And a lot of times, I mean, Sunday keeps coming, right? right. And Wednesday keeps coming or whatever. So it's not, I mean, COVID was kind of like a, oh my gosh. We could stop for a second. Like we could just stop. Everybody just stop. Like, um, so that I wouldn't say necessarily helped us, but it at least gave us a pause a little bit. So otherwise you don't typically, we don't get pauses. And so, um, we've had to figure out through this growth in our leadership and our teams. Um, and again, like continuing to multiply ourselves and tagging other people in and giving them, I, I tell like the team that I work with, I'm like, don't hang on to the ball. Like, don't hang on to the basket or the pie, whatever analogy you want. But I'm like, a lot of times we're like, hey, can you help me with this? And they come and we're like, okay, I got it all. Don't worry, I got it all, but I'm glad you're here. You know, and they're like, can I do anything? And you're like, no, I got it, I got it. Like, we gotta figure out like, okay, if you, could you, would you come and help on Wednesday nights? And would you just be the greeter? Because as a youth pastor, it was like, I was running and my brain was going all over and I was thinking of all these things, or maybe you're, you know, the volunteer youth leader or whatever. And you're like, I'm like seeing all these things, but like, really, I just need somebody to like greet the kids. Like, and that's all their role is, is they just look and say, I see you and it's good to have you here. And I'm so excited. And then I can like make sure our pro presenter slides are in or whatever, you know? Um, so like, that's what we're constantly working on. Um, in 14 years, we have not achieved it. Um, we don't have just this huge, we have incredible volunteers, but I, I wouldn't say, I mean, literally, I just met with um, my next gen team and every single person on the team, we go through some goals and he'll talk about that, some 90 day stuff. And every single person was like, oh, I need more, I need more people. We need more leaders. We need more like, I need more people on the welcome team. I need more people in pre-K, I need more people. So it's like, okay, but we have like 1100 that come on a weekend. So are we shoulder tap, are we asking, are we saying like, would you ever want to, what do you love to do? Like, would you ever want to help and serve and stuff like that? So um, just going to talk about a little bit of how we've started implementing some things to get there maybe. Yeah, yeah really a turning point for us. And I think this, this, uh, this applies to staff, it applies to volunteers, wherever we are in the scale and, and you know, or, or in, our, in our journey basically. And so a turning point for us was uh, we came across a book called Traction and uh, um, it's uh, it's a horrible read. Like it's, uh, I'm just to be honest with you, it's not like, ooh, I'm on the beach. Let me read this. This is gonna be fun. You know, this is this is this is the read. You're like, oh, this is painful. But uh, yeah, it's like it's it is. It's clunky and it's uh, it's not geared towards church. Um, but man, it was for us. Uh, it, it's by Gene Wickman, I think. I wrote it down, but Gino Wickman. There we go. Gino. Yeah. Yep. And so, um, 
so that book was, was huge for us. We kind of read it as a staff. And, and uh, like she said, mo most of our change really came, our growth came out of necessity. It came out of desperation. And I think uh, some people just love change and they just change for the fun of it. But most people don't change until you have to, right? If it's working, why mess with it? And so it was working for a long time and it did. And we were just kind of rolling and everyone was doing their thing. Um, and then it just got more and more stressful and you kind of don't change until you get to a point like we have to do something, you know, and that's sort of where, where we were at. Like we have to do something different. And so uh, so if I talk about structure for I'll talk about the structure of um, of the church and 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 you can see how it relates to wherever you're at in ministry as well. But uh, the structure of the church at the time that I came in um, was uh, Doug was our senior pastor and everyone answered to him. So we were we were a really flat org chart, if you want to if you want to call it that. Right. Right? So like um, everyone answered to him, which was great because everyone felt connected. We were a family, our staff, right? Like that's a fun place to be because there isn't like middle management because middle management, all that kind of stuff can start to feel like, well, I'm just a cog in the wheel. And so there was this really cool dynamic. Everybody was family. Um, we would literally hang out, have fun together. Our staff meetings were, were fun to be at. That's not normal for, for a lot of places. And, uh, and so it was just a, um, it was a really cool thing. But what happened with that is uh, Doug became a funnel and he didn't want to be. And so basically everyone's kind of wanting to do ministry. They're released to do ministry. But at some point you got to get approval for what you're doing, whether you're a volunteer, whether you're staff, you got to make sure like that there's some clarity and some direction to make sure that you're doing what you kind of like the lead vision is for the church. And so at that point, everyone has to go back up to, you know, to Doug. And so if he's busy, which of course, <laughs> church plant and, and our church, you know, even that old, a few years in is um, that access to him becomes less and less. And so then there's a little bit more of a dance, like, am I doing what I'm supposed to do? And, and there's nothing more, uh, there's nothing that steals your motivation faster than, than not being clear. So if you don't know what you're supposed to do, no one wants to go and run something out, do a job, run a ministry, and then come to find out later that it wasn't exactly what the leadership wanted or what the vision was, and then you have to change it all up. Because you just poured your heart and your soul and everything into that, right? I mean, it's more than just... It's more than just, you know, oh, okay, here I did this project. Like ministry is, a, is, is not just like, hey, I did this thing. Oh, you don't like it, whatever, I'm going home. I just clocked out ministry. Whether you're on staff, whether you're a volunteer, is like this is your heart and your soul. This is like, this is, this is who you are. It's who God's called you to be. It's like you're, you're pouring yourself um, into this. And so, um, and so that becomes really demotivating. It really steals the wind from your sail when you don't know if you're doing what you're supposed to do. And so we were at that place where it's like we have to figure out some sort of structure, but we were terrified to change the DNA of how our team was because we wanted it to still be fun. Like our staff meeting to this day is still a party. It's ridiculous. I mean, you could probably make a reality TV show out of uh, what happens in our staff meeting. And so, and I'm supposed to be HR, so I don't even know how to handle uh, that, but, um, <laughs> but, uh, but, which is cool. And so what we needed to try to do is like, how do we bring structure? How do we bring clarity? How do we define stuff? How do we get stuff so that, so that, that even though we want to be level, we're all on the same team, there's nobody lording over each other, right? Um, but how do we make it so that Doug's not carrying the weight of all of the vision that needs to be carried out out. And also then the accountability, because that's a word that's important as well, uh, especially with with I think with younger staff. Like there's there's some people that have been doing something their whole life. They know how to do it and they just do it. And then there's people that are learning and accountability is a huge part of of learning how to do what you're what, what you need to do. And so how do we do that without changing the 
the culture, the DNA of what we're doing. And so that's where Traction came in. And literally there was a day where Rachel and I, we came into her office and one of the things that, uh, one of the things that Traction led us to was we need, we need to have everything that we have kind of, kind of uh, land somewhere. It needs to land somewhere. So we were the king of like something came up and it was the hot potato, right? Like it was the, hey, who wants to do this? And then it was like, yeah, sure, I'll do it, I'll do it. Well, as the team got bigger, this is what's interesting. You have like three people who wants to do this, I'll do it, I'll do it. The sense of responsibility, the sense of ownership was, is, is tighter. When the team gets bigger, there's more people involved, sometimes there becomes like the hot potato, like, well, somebody else will, will do it. And so we wanted everything that, that was in the church to fall under um, under someone so that it landed with someone because that was part of our part of our stress was just we didn't know who was over stuff so like we were constantly in each other's lanes so we needed to define lanes where are you running where are you driving what are you responsible for and um and so what's that are you going over this later oh no, you're fine and so, uh, so we literally took pieces of paper, and uh, this is what came out of it. We have roles and responsibilities. It's not a job description. It's everyone on our staff, just the key, the big areas that they oversee. And the goal of this is just so that when things come up, we stopped sending out the email to everyone that says, would someone take this? Instead, it was like, oh, you know, this is this person, and we put it right to that person. That expectation was there for them to, uh, to follow through on that. And really, this, this works from you know, volunteer, part-time, full-time, doesn't matter. We have people that are over stuff um, that are volunteers and we know what the kind of their role is in the ministry. And so, um, which is huge. Uh, so that's kind of what Traction led us towards. That was the first thing we put on, the, on our wall, like all these different areas and just started writing, okay, let's put this here, let's put this here. And then uh, we kind of arranged um, our staff to cover those different things. We think this person has the capacity. We think this person's gifted in this. We think this, this volunteer could fit under here uh, really well. And so, um, so that was new for us. We had never done that. I mean, it was literally Doug and it was everybody else. And then we said, okay, well, to oversee this, all these roles and responsibilities, we're gonna need, um, we're gonna need a team. It has to be more than Doug. And so at first it was Doug. Then it was like Doug and me, kind of like we were, uh, we were meeting with, with uh, every week we would meet with one of our staff people. And so one person with Doug, one person with me, and we'd kind of rotate through, which that, that started to help a little bit. It gave the access that you need to, to the vision, but it still wasn't uh, enough because it could go a couple months if you missed it. And then all of a sudden, you know, if you're, if you're working and you feel like you don't have access to the vision or your lead for a couple months, that's, that doesn't go well, right? Like, all the, like, like there isn't much traction. There isn't much, uh, there isn't much movement then that happens if you don't, if you don't have that direction. So, uh, so we, we, we did that and we basically then said, talked about having a, um, an executive team. And, and so we, uh, we developed an executive team, which was me and Rachel and Doug. Uh, and then we realized Doug and Peggy started the church together. She's on staff as well. And, uh, and we thought the smartest thing would do to be make sure that Peggy is in on those decisions because it was her baby too. And so what, what other, the other thing they can take is understanding like who, who is bought in at that level. And Peggy was bought in at that level. Doug's wife was bought in. So we said, she needs to be on the executive team or we're going to sit in the office, come up with stuff. He's going to go home. She's going to be like, that's not how we started it. Right. And then she's going to come back and be, and he's going to be like, yeah. So I just did a little switcheroo, you know, and then there we are again going, we just wasted our time. And, and so, uh, so that, that team of us four has been, inst I, I mean, I can't even tell you how, uh, and I, well, the priority of it 
when we first started, Doug was like, so I think we should what, meet like once a month. And we're like, we got to meet at least every other week and if and every week if we can. And so he's like, really? Like, you think we're going to, right? you know, like, you think we need to, we're going to have to talk about that much stuff? Like, watch this. This is going to be awesome, right? And, and, and so we started meeting weekly and Doug doesn't love to miss weekends. He hates missing weekends and he hates missing Tuesdays. He won't miss a Tuesday. That's when we meet. We meet nine o'clock to one o'clock on Tuesdays. And we, everything that happens at the church runs through those four or five hours that we, uh, that we sit down and meet. And so, um, so that's sort of some of the structure uh, that we came up with. And then out of that, the, we're, we, each of us, so I oversee the facilities, I oversee missions, uh, I oversee the administrative staff, the financial staff, she oversees Next Gen and all that. <coughs> Dougie over, or Doug doesn't oversee technically anyone directly uh, other than now Nicole, which is cool. Um, she's working uh, right alongside of him uh, as his associate. And so, um, and then Peggy oversees all of our creative. So like the worship team, the, the graphics, all of that stuff, So, um, which is cool. So then all those people directly report to us instead of all those people directly reporting to Doug. And we were able to make that switch. Um, there was some, like, a little bit of resistance in the beginning, like, um, you know, like, well, we were equals, and now, now we're not. You know, like, I don't know if, I can, I don't know if I'm, I love answering to that person. Uh, but I think the way the, the our DNA and the heart of how we put it out there wasn't like we're lording over you. It's like, let me help you. Let's let's do this together. It wasn't, a, okay, I'm your boss now. Can you get me a coffee? You know, that's not how we, that's not how we roll. <laughs> um, and so, uh, but so anyway, so we did that. And then out of that, the way we brought an accountability layer into it is we do 90 day goals and traction talks about this a lot. Uh, we do 90 day goals. Um, and the reason why is is so easy in church just to get into um, into just sustain mode. Like, can I just keep this train on the tracks uh, at whatever whatever place you are in ministry? And so we started doing 90 day goals, which she talked about. Uh, we do a 90 day work away where we take our staff um, away. Everybody's required to be there. We make it a, a kind of a big deal, um, and we literally go over some vision stuff. We go over some systems, which is kind of a newer part of it, but we go over the system because we're constantly implementing new systems now that help things move forward. So like what happens when you do a wedding? What, what happens when a funeral comes up? What happens with our calendar or whatever? So as all these things change, we have to continually get them in front of the staff. So we cover systems in that. And then our staff goes around and kind of uh, shares some wins from their previous goals that they had. Um, and uh, and the, the accountability from that doesn't necessarily come. We didn't want it to become a shaming environment. So we didn't want it to be like, here's where my goals are. These are the ones I didn't meet. I really suck. So that's the first, the first one we did. That's how it went kind of. And it was like, ooh, that doesn't feel real nice. You know what I mean? Like we don't need it to be a public shaming like that. Accountability needs to come with the department lead. And so uh, the youth guys can sit down and, and talk with Rachel about whether or not they hit their goals. So just share a win of something that you did accomplish that you're excited about from last time and then share what your goals are for, uh, for the next season. So I'll drop it there. You can go. Okay. Um, so talking about wins, we, um, when I first started on the team, Doug, when I think his direction, so you got to meet him quickly. That man is vision. He is all vision. Okay. <laughs> like he eats vision for lunch. If you have a dream, he will, I mean, you guys know you're church planters. So you tell him a dream and he's like, let's go. Um, so when I started on the team, he said, um, just hit it out of the park. Like that was our win. Like just hit a home run, like just do youth ministry, hit a home run. And it was like, 
okay, that's, you know, like, I mean, I'm excited. I'm right. I'm like, okay, I'm going to, I don't even know how to play baseball, but I'm going to, I'm going to hit it. I'm going to do it. Um, and then you're kind of like, Hey, hang on a second. What is it? What? So like, what, what does that look like? Do you want me to like have small groups for youth stuff? Do you want me to like start or do you want, do you want me to learn how to play? play piano and sing and stuff because I don't know how to and we don't have worship right now I mean worship was horrible when I started youth group it was like a sixth grade girl his Doug's daughter that would like stop and say can we just start over and you're like sure do it whatever um so then I'm like is that hitting it out of the park I feel like that was like a foul ball like I think she fouled out um, so I mean it was just like what is a win and so um just kind of as we've as we've uh, literally grown the team or as we've as we've tried to say, hey, um, like Raul and Miriam are here and they have, um, they run our military network, which is an incredible um, group that we have of, we have so many military people and you probably do in your, um, in your churches as well. Um, but they literally, um, he's currently still in Chicago right now, still active duty, retiring soon, um, two years out, right, or something. But who? Okay, sorry. Three. Um, but so, um, but they run our military network, and so as we've had people that have said like, "Hey, this is my heart. This is my passion." My favorite thing is to say like, "What makes you come alive? What do you love to do?" Because that's that's I want you in your sweet spot. I don't really like if you're like, "Oh my gosh, babies terrify me." Like, yes, we need people to hold babies all day, every day. Um, however, if you're like scared out of your mind, you're not going to last there. You know what I mean? But where you will last is when you are using your God-given gifts and you are like, and you feel like you're winning at it or like we're like loving what you're doing and you're loving it. And it's like, okay, how else can we help you? And so it's been so cool to have, you guys have done military network now for, I don't know how long, almost five years. So, um, so we've had to kind of figure out lanes and how does this look and how do we help somebody that comes to us with a dream? And it used to, it used to feel like, if somebody said like well, you guys should do a military network or you know they'd be like you should do something for military and i'm thinking like i don't know i don't even know i don't even know the branches you know like i mean what am i i don't think i should do it but like now we've worked at developing like different playbooks or different things that say like here's what it looks like to win here's kind of the lane we throw it in here's how we kind of help you develop here's like i check in um nicole interned with me last summer and helped like okay how can we develop some like ways that life group leaders the now the like 45 life group leaders that we have at church that they can like it's hard for me to check in with each one of them you know like and really have them feel like wow she's really there for me and really cares and stuff so we've had to figure out how do we how do we carry this load um and these people so better in a better way so we've developed um, i worked a, a quite a few years ago at developing a coaching playbook and a leader playbook. Everything we have um, that we've learned from, whatever, we will give you. We can, we'll let you rip it off. I don't care if we ripped it off from other people, okay? So like nothing is like, wow, Jeff and Rachel came up with some genius ideas. It was like I Googled churches that had playbooks or I was at a conference and I was like, can I take those? <laughs> and then you're like, okay, I'm just going to. So some of them may even say like, here at Eagle Brook, um, you know, whatever. So every once in a while, I'm like, hey, we got to change that PDF. Somebody pull that down. It's all Eagle Brook right now. Uh, but whatever. So or here at Cedar Valley, here at Emmanuel, um, River Valley, we rip up all their stuff. So because um, they're incredible and they give it. Craig Rochelle, Life Church. Holy cow, that man just, they are so generous. So um, so you can, we can tell you the stuff we rip off, but you can have our stuff because it's, we just try to boil it down because we're somewhere in the middle. We're not the mega church. We're not like, 18 campuses or whatever but I know and we know what it was like to be the small church too of like 
okay, it's, it's, we're working with all volunteers, so how do we do this? So, um, so anyways, the, what these playbooks do is this is, essentially we have kind of what we call a pipeline. And so, and this I ripped off from a conference. Um, they literally, I think we were in Texas and they talked about developing a leadership pipeline. And so some of you have probably gone to, um, heard some of those things. And so again, we had to take it though and make it our own because it's like, the last thing you could do is come in with Eagle Brooks packet and be like, guys, we're gonna do exactly they're like, mm, okay, but you're like, okay, here, in our context with our DNA and stuff like that. So we have like, we've developed some things that just help keep people on the same page. And that's what I found. So if we have, you know, 45 life group leaders, like I need them to know what it looks like to win and like the, um, the level that we're encouraging or wanting them to come to. Like uh, we try to go after heart a lot. Like you can't really, um, nobody is motivated by like, we don't want you to smoke, drink, or chew, or hang out with people that do. Or, you know what I mean? And like, can you just sign here? And so, because um, they'll say, sure, whatever, but like, do they, do they? I don't know. Like, so one thing, and honestly, Doug has helped, Doug his and Peggy, their heart and their culture, their DNA, was like, let's go after heart. Because we don't want people to sign and just lie and be like, whatever, sure, that's what you want me to sign on to, I can. But, um, so we really went after like a champion, a leader is a champion for community, their qualifications, like their competencies, their spiritual maturity, uh, ministry experience, and everything is like, I promise to be like headed in this target direction. Like that's my heart, that's my goal, that's my dream. And then I've also like for leaders had them check a box on our application that's like, if, um, if you're missing the mark somewhere or like if you're struggling in an area, like will you allow leadership to come in and speak to that? Like will you, will you open yourself up to that like um, accountability and stuff? And so again, none of this is perfect and we still got leaders where I'm like, oh boy, we gotta figure that one out because things are going south. Uh, but back in the day, we literally, if you could breathe, you could lead at the church, you know? Um, but we also didn't wanna, like, so I was like, people were leading ministries and I'm like, oh, ah, shoot, she should not be doing that. Like, um, you know, so I mean, so now we've turned it to, if you can breathe, you can serve. I mean, absolutely serve, use your God-given gifts, but like, should you be leading others at this point in your life? Maybe not. And so um, here, and here's why. So like when I send people this, they, some of them rule themselves out. They look at the leadership qualities and it says like modeling godly character, protecting the unity of the church. I've had to sit down with people and say like, I just feel like I hear you talking a little bit and I hear you saying some things and kind of grumbling and like, you know, are you, are you willing to kind of like come under the leadership and like know that like got to trust our hearts? I mean, we're not perfect, but like, can you respect and can you honor? And, you know, so like we've had to have some combos. I love um, the speaker last night talked a lot about um, bringing in the misfits and finding places and, and things. For, and we want to, we want to be a church where like you don't have to, you don't have to have it all together to serve. Um, and even to lead, like we don't want people to feel like you got to hide stuff that's going on or there's struggles or there's your family's hurting or you're walking through stuff and we're not like, hey, just suck it up, man. Like smile. We want people to think like being a Christian's fun. We're like, we want people to know that this is a hard world and it's hard to walk through it. And so, um, but we want to have a pipeline and an, some on-ramps for people. And so oh, I forgot what else we do. So again, like I didn't also want leadership to be like this exclusive club either of like, gosh, I wonder how people like, lead here or whatever and so we've um, developed some again ripped off stuff so this is our um, so I have coaching leader playbooks in the back that you can steal one of those um, or if I run out or whatever you can um, you can write your email down for me on a piece of paper that I will soon produce and um, and make it legible and then we will I can email you stuff but 
Um, so we developed, we call them life teams because we ripped that off. So life groups and life teams, these playbooks are literally what it looks like to win either in a life group or a life team at our church. Life teams are a group of people who have been empowered to use their gifts and abilities to create a life-giving atmosphere at the Waters Church through faithful service and leadership. So on the back of these, um, we have, and you can probably just pass some if you want to see them, but on the back we have <clears throat> um, like the ways that people can sign up and connect. So these are literally in the back of our seat pockets at church. So you can sign up and you could say, I'd love to help on the tech crew on a weekend. I'd love to be an online host. I'd love to help in the coffee shop or midweek services or whatever. So this is kind of like our huge funnel. And then when people sign up or, they, like, or they're asked, like, hey, would you ever be on a life team? It's so nice to have this. And then this system goes to like our admin or somebody throughout your week, if somebody came in for one hour a week and like put these into a Google Sheet or a Google Doc, like that has changed our lives too. Um, Google Docs, like we use that, it's free as a team. Um, if you're communicating with any kind of team, it is so nice to have a real-time editable thing. And so we just share Google Docs and Sheets with each other all the time. So like we put, like if we have two cards a weekend, we put those in there. If we have 50 cards a weekend, we have the same system and we put them in the same spot. And so that's been super helpful. But again, that's like the huge funnel to say, we want you on our team. We want you to serve. We want you to use your God-given gifts, whether volunteer, staff, whatever. We want you to be in your sweet spot. So here's an opportunity to sign up and then... Um, <clears throat> as they're, you know, whether they're leading a life team. So we have leaders and coaches of life teams. Like I oversee our coffee shop and I have two, um, two ladies that coach our, one coaches our Saturday team and one coaches our Sunday team. And we have about 50 something baristas um, that are volunteer that come one shift once a month. Um, and so I used to be scheduling all of them and like checking in and whatever. And now as we've grown, it's like, okay, I can't do this. And somebody would say, hey, I can't be there. And then I'm back like making a coffee quick. And then I'm like, okay, I got to go over here. You know, so um, it was like Mr. Deeds all over. So it was like, we got we to gotta just develop a team. And so um, this has been super helpful, whether it's life groups, like letting people run. Um, Nicole and her husband lead our divorce care uh, ministry, which is just so cool. And so a lot of our like kind of ministry life groups, whatever, we run them all under like the life group track umbrella um, whatever we have a waters church app that you can download check it out whatever um, i get points if you download it um <clears throat> just kidding but so but that has been our like one spot that it's like editable real quick um, i found a lot of print stuff is just if you see it says like on our playbooks volume 1.4 <laughs> because I keep editing it and I'm like, oh shoot, I forgot that. Uh, volume 1.5 is just coming out, you know? Um, so, but that's why we do like an app too that just helps keep our groups and everything kind of more real time of what's going on and ways you can get plugged in and connected. So that has helped us to describe what it looks like to win. We even describe like, hey, a life group that you'd meet once a minimum once a month or something like that, or you'd have a connection once a month with people. Um, some of our life groups have been like, hey, I don't have a, we had a crew, a lady that wanted to start a um, military su family support kind of, a book support. Yeah, so like if your family, if you have a son, daughter, whatever, serving in the military, come and we're going to read through a book. And, and she just didn't have a lot of people come to it. But then instead of just taking her out of the mix, we just changed it to network. And so I just call it a network. And it's like I've left her on there because we have tons of families that have people serving in the military. These guys they could also send them because she's like, I'll still meet with somebody. I'll still meet with a spouse or somebody that has their son going into the military now and, and they're terrified or whatever. So um, we've just continued to like evolve and tweak how we um, do stuff. But hopefully it kind of comes and falls under like our playbooks. And that's how it 
looks like to win in some of those. Um, and we say at our church, the best ways to get connected are either a life group or a life team. Um, and people serve in those. But we're constantly working um, to develop and looking um, to bring other people along with us. I literally, it's probably a little bit of the extrovert in me, but I think this all the time, like everything is more fun with somebody else, especially when you're serving Jesus. It's like, man, I, I was telling them earlier, like if you have to clean toilets, which I mean, we still, it's like on a weekend, if something goes, somebody's having a rough time, you know what I'm saying? Um, and you go in the bathroom and you're like, woo, okay. It's not like, um, I'm going to need our custodial. I'm going to need our, you know, it's like, mm. I'm going to need to clean that, you know, um, this sucks. But, um, but literally I'm like, let's do it with other people. Like it's more fun. Not that, you know, sometimes I'm like, Hey, you newbie intern, come here. No, but, um, not really, we always don't have, but like, we'll go clean the toilets. But I just think everything is more fun with other people. And I cannot tell you the amount of times we do this. We'll do this often. Like, Hey, come and join, serve a life team. Or do you want to start a life group? Come and talk to me, whatever. Um, but my, our best bang for our buck, our best result is if our teams, if our life group leaders, if our people can say, Allie, would you ever want to lead like a mom's group with me? Like, here's my dream. I would love to do a mom's group like Tuesday mornings. We just hang out, blah, blah, blah. but would you ever want to lead that? And they're like, oh yeah, actually I kind of would, I'd love to do that with you or whatever. So people like jump on when they're seen and they're like, hey, what are you, what would you love to do? Or like, would you ever just want to do this with me? I think like find people that you think are fun in your church. If you can't find somebody that wants to hang out with you, we got to talk. You know what I mean? Like, I'm just straight up. We have life group leaders sometimes that like, they want to start one really bad and they just can't get anybody else to come to it. And like, there's seasons and things like that. But I'm like, man, if you didn't invite one person to come with you to the life group you're starting, then you're just not getting it. Like, because you should like say, I'd love to start this. And I have a couple friends or I have a couple people that I've met at church or, Hey, could you send me a couple people? And I was like, yeah, here's a couple people that I know are, you know, walking through divorce or whatever. Like, um, and they'll come on the team with you or like, if you can't rally a few people, we got some other issues we got to work on. Does that make sense? But do you have anything else to say? Otherwise we just want to give time for questions too. Yeah. We can open up for Cause we, okay, because we know we're kind of birdshot. We're a little all over, but we wanted you to get a, a grasp of kind of what we do, but I also would love to, like, if there's a, something that you're working on or um, trying to develop. Yeah? How do you go about your accountability and your goals while keeping it, like, without it being the shame fest, or even on the one-on-one, how do you make it positive? How do you He's better at that. I'm kind of like, you suck. like step it up (laughs) it's totally not true um but he is it's it's relationship it really is and so um you can say the same thing to somebody uh and if you have a relationship with them they receive it if you don't you're the jerk boss and that's just honestly straight up and so there has to be an investment into people's lives if if you know somebody cares about you they can pretty much say anything to you if, if, if you question whether or not you're just a cog in the wheel and if you're, and that's the, like if you're gonna take structure kind of to the next level or whatever, or divvy and, and kind of like have that accountability, have people over stuff, the only way you can keep the DNA the same, like the way we were able to transition through that and all of a sudden have a team and have people, you know, over all this stuff is because our team loves each other. 
and we do relational stuff together. Uh, a part of our 90 day goals that we do is, uh, we always have a fun part at the end of the day. We played laser tag. Um, yeah, mandatory fun. We make them stay, like you have to stay because you, you know, the introverts want to run away sometimes. But um, it's like, nope, we, we're gonna, we're gonna do life together. We're gonna have fun. We do a Halloween party together. We do a Christmas party together. We do, we just do stuff together. Our lives are, are merged, they're meshed, we have fun. So I think that's the, that's the key. And, um, and sometimes it gets tricky because sometimes, um, you know, people don't love to be held accountable, mm -hmm. but you can, um, I kind of picked it up. I, I would work with a lot of interns at uh, Emmanuel that were in youth leadership and I was trying to help them not get fired. Uh, they'd go to North Central and they were youth leaders with us and I was trying to help them not get fired in their per first position, you know? And so like, um, I was able to have the most blunt, ridiculous, I, I had a conversation with a girl that didn't love deodorant and I was like able to talk to her and be like, hey, you gotta wear deodorant. This is gonna keep you from reaching people. I mean, isn't that what we wanna do? We wanna reach people and someone has to have that conversation, but I could have it because she knew that I loved her. She knew that I invested in her. She knew that I cared about her. Um, and so silly stuff like that matters. And I think there's times where a lot of, a lot of times we're afraid to tell our volunteers or we're even afraid to tell our staff certain things uh, because we think they're gonna be offended. But I think relationship gaps that, it makes that, it, it, it bridges that gap. And I think a question of what can I do to help you. So if it's something you've been trying to hold somebody accountable to, whether it's a life group leader, whether it's some of your team, and they're just like not hitting that target at all, um, to say, how do you feel like you're doing at it? And then like, is there is there a way I can come in and help you? Like, what are you, because sometimes, or like somebody on our team is like, we have um, our, probably our, I would say, one of my favorite components of our team now is um, her name is Sarah Eichers and she does implementing our systems and we literally had our worship pastor write a jingle systems with Sarah um, so we were trying to make it you know it's fun like hey it's awesome we have some forms on Google you got to do um, so like I mean we were trying to like submit your vacation you know like trying to make it as fun as possible but but like um, but it's cool to add other people like hey where are you struggling where do you keep kind of hitting the wall here like can I help you or like Tell me where you're struggling so I can maybe get somebody else on our team that that's their sweet spot. Like she eats spreadsheets for breakfast and outlines and things. And like, I, he knows like if I have to do an outline, I'm like, I can't pick dots, numbers, ABC, I do all of it. And so it's not an outline. It's more of like a eclectic art project. So, um, <laughs> so like I try to say like, how can we find somebody else that's like, not to say you don't have to do that anymore or whatever, but to say, how can we help you like feel like you're winning at that then because you're not right. yeah, yeah. Um, do you have some strategies for recruiting volunteers that work well for you yes yeah we do actually yeah. so we have yeah. we ha I brought this we didn't get into it because we are birdshot but um but the so we there's basically recruiting volunteers we have you come into our church you want to get involved you want to whatever the first thing we do is is uh, we call it the entry uh, Doug invites everyone over to his house for a dinner. So it runs almost every month. And uh, uh, you want to go and just, you can go meet the staff. So, um, so they, do, they do that, which is really cool. So anyone can go over to Doug's house and have a sit down with him. So you can't leave our church and be like, the pastor doesn't even care. He just wants to take my money. He just, you know, like that whole thing. Uh, so that's the first step. Like, hey, have you been to the entry? Yeah, and, and he does the we call the campfire story of the church, like how it started, and, and he cries every month, and it's <laughs> not even on cue, and it's in a different place. It's just he he takes him back to that place where God was was doing it, and people love that. And then, 
It is. And, and, uh, and then people go around and kind of share how they ended up there. You know, how do you end up at the pastor's house tonight? And they share their story. And it's just, it's amazing. It's, it's awesome. It's also a great gauge for as being strategic. I hear uh, we're coming because our kids love it. We're coming because of this. So you really get to hear why people are coming back and what are, what's working in the ministry. And so the second step then after that, or, or even along the way, even if they haven't been there, is we push them to next. So um, we ripped this kind of stuff off too. A lot of people are doing it like growth track would be the same kind of concept. So that's what next is for us. So four steps. Um, and these are the books. I'll have some of these available back there too, if you want them, but um, we developed this to basically help people. So the first one is to, uh, know, uh, to know, grow. Ooh, I should have these memorized. Know, grow, connect, and serve. I do. There we go. Just put on the spot. Um, but I wrote them. I should know. <laughs> but, uh, uh, and so the first one is getting to know the church. Um, and so we want, and it, it, it doubles as our, um, as our membership class. So if they go through that, it is our membership class. We love simplicity and not doing another thing on a Sunday afternoon, right? Anyone in favor of that? And so, uh, so that's what that does. And then uh, the second one is just really digging into their um, relationship with God. So growing, talk about Bible reading, prayer, that kind of stuff. And then the last two are, um, are connect. So we talk about life groups, help people connect with life groups, and then serve as that's getting people in. And so this is a major part of our pipeline. So um, we, uh, we have asked like, uh, we didn't make, when we implement it, we didn't make all of our existing leaders go through it to do it. But now in order to be a leader, um, we ask you to go through next. So, oh, have you been through next? Oh, that's a great first step. It kind of creates a uh, four weeks of a vetting process even like, you know, because some people just sign up like, I want to be a leader in everything. You know, it's like, okay, great. Try four weeks first. You yeah. know what I mean? Like come consistently for four weeks or, and they don't even have to do it consistent. We do the first one on the first Sunday of every month. And the second one on the second Sunday of every month, and we kind of, we just rotate through, so it's always running. We're doing our first ever Wednesday night run through. We're calling it a blitz just because some people can't hit Sunday, so we're going to do it on Wednesday for four weeks in May, which is cool, just like as an adult life group track, but it's next. And so that's become our pipeline for getting leaders in. And that last week is all about serving, connect, uh, plug in here, and, and we we hand out cards for them to pick an area. They do a little tour, like here's where you could, here's where you could uh, get plugged in. You know, what are you interested in? And we cater it kind of to that group as it, as it, it dwindles down. First week is huge. Fourth week, you know, you really, you know, it, it, uh, it's a smaller crew, but yeah. so we can cater it to and, and, uh, and stuff. So. And we do food at it. Like we have food. Another, oh, we'll come to you. And then another quick thing is um, we use these and we reference these and we have to do, honestly, we have to do a better job of this, but to keep um, recruiting even on a weekend in front of people. Um, so some things I've seen other churches do and we've done this too is like we have a crew that we call them the daytimers and they come during the day and they flip our church all the time. So like they flip our sanctuary so we can have kids church in the sanctuary on Wednesday nights. They take all 600 chairs down um, or they rearrange all this stuff. So um, so we like every once in a while we've like highlighted um, what's his Dennis like on a Saturday night in a service I'll say Dennis like you come and you serve faithfully and nobody sees it nobody knows it but like I just want to honor you and we just want to celebrate a win and we just want to thank you he hates it Um, but like we call we praise I mean what you praise gets repeated that's like a leadership thing but like I love to call out people that aren't always on the stage that aren't always front and center that aren't but just to say we do a we do a team huddle too where we try to just keep like before a service, we try to celebrate one person and say, hey, thank you for serving on our team. I love to refer to them as on our team versus like volunteer. Thank you for volunteering and here's the staff. Like we don't need this like separation. I want it to be like 
we are on the waters team and we're all making this happen whatever your the eye the hand the foot that like this is the body of christ working together so one thing that we've done that has worked that we've loved like a big collective is we've said hey all weekend life teams we're going to do a big night in january where if you want to serve on a weekend life team or if you are currently serving come and we're going to get you on the team and so we've recruited and we've pushed it for a couple weeks on our weekends and then we've said everybody come tonight and so we get a big chunk of people that come um and so this last we did one in january and we'd like to do them a few more times a year we did one in january and we had a big crew of that was our biggest crop of like new volunteers new people on the team so that was a huge way like do a life teams night where you're like this is like for everything preschool tech online hosts stuff like that you have um, to make on ramp you have to make on ramps and you have yep. to keep it in front of people because i'll have if we go a couple of weeks or a month without talking about it i'll have people say like i don't know if you guys ever need help like anywhere you know and it's like okay uh yeah can you hold this can you do that can you you know like can you go hold a baby right now we have people didn't show up they're sick or whatever so it's like people just honestly think we got it covered it looks like and like you said the kind of the more you grow the more they assume somebody else is doing that that's somebody else's thing i don't need to or they don't maybe need me or they got it covered and so we've tried to find ways to say like no we don't like come and help us like serve anywhere or whatever so that's a big way that we recruit and i this is the it's really a lot of components and i tell our team you have to shoulder tap people like if you need youth leaders if you need kids workers whatever like you gotta like go see people literally pray like god help me to see some people that are maybe new that are not connected that aren't plugged in and just like go speak it into them and just say would you ever want to serve in any area like hey even on this like do you what excites you like could i i'd love to or like hey i just think you're awesome like would you ever want to come and hang out with me in the ministry that would you want to learn coffee with me and they're like oh sure okay like once a month don't don't like overbook them you also get the zealous people that are like i can serve every service every month every week and you're like mm, that's gonna you're gonna fizzle out quick um so i mean like kind of help them help channel that like passion and that like let's start with once or let's start with next you know like come to next those four weeks and we'll see how that goes and then we'll but we don't make people go to next um, to serve. So it's literally like if you walked in and said, I could serve, we're like, next week you can be on the schedule and you can welcome people or yeah. you can go hold babies if your background checked or whatever. But to if they want to lead, we're like, you should go through this so you know our heart, our DNA, our culture here, um, and then we'll let you lead. Yep. Somebody else, you had a question. Do you have a question? Uh, yeah. Maybe you so, forgot it. Um, what is, you, uh, you talked a lot about working in the sweet spot. So what if you have a lot of people Mm -hmm. versus putting people where they would like to serve. Sure. You know what I mean? Yeah. How would you yeah. <laughs> Everybody them? wants to sing. Just yeah. give me that mic. Yeah. Yeah. Cleaning the toilets. Yeah. You know, we're in yeah. City, so a lot of yeah. Sure. How do you, you know, you lead by example, but how mm -hmm. do you encourage these people? They'll say, oh yeah, I'll do it. And then when the time comes, sure. no. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. I would say communication with them, like um, be staying in, in communication. If they've, if they've expressed interest, then meet with them a little bit or like keep them going. And, and something that is helpful is to cast a vision a little bit bigger. So like when you serve in the nursery or like tell a story, like when you just hung out with that five-year-old kiddo, so his mom, his single mom could go into service like who is fried out of her mind because she has 
like had six other kids that, you know what I mean? Like we just had a, I was talking to them, we had a, a kind of a single mom walking in with a vet husband that's really struggling with PTSD. She had eight kids, eighth grade and under. And she walked in on Wednesday night just like as frazzled as could be, you know, sat there. And I'm like, hi, I don't think I've met you. And she's like, hi, my name is, you know, like, I mean, just like, <laughs> like you don't even know your name probably right now. So like, um, but I love to tell people like, or even like, again, what you praise gets repeated. So the, those that are serving to be like, seriously, like there was a lady that came today and you served and like when you gave her coffee or like she said like she just felt so welcomed and it was because you saw her like when she walked in. So it's like I try to, I try to, not to trick, but just to say like when you literally like see them and when you like work in this spot, you are feeling such a need so that like we can, so Doug can share the gospel with people on Easter. Like you're, you're filling a spot that is so huge and crucial. Like try to really like hit the importance of why that matters. Like, I don't know. Yeah. I like that. Thank you. That was well, good. That, it's true. Yeah. 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 For sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Get outside yourself. Keep your eyes. One of the things we our mission at church is keep our eyes outside of these walls. And I just preached on like literally these walls, not just our building, yeah. but like keep your eyes outside of these walls. Like when people walk into the room, are you seeing them or are you just, I want to do what I want to have. When are they going to give me the mic? You know, like, cause we got some of that too. So any other questions? Otherwise you guys got to go. People can go. You can leave. We're not offended. Or we're supposed to pray probably. Probably. You go. Sure. Yeah, okay. you go. Um, I'm just wondering, I get a lot of pushback as we work in children's ministry. Okay. When Can you breathe? Can you can you love kids? Like literally, can you just can you just see them and love them? Because what they need is somebody that just sees them and notices and like and all help equip you. And I won't put you out there like until you feel ready or comfortable. I'm not going to be like, okay, and she's going to take over today because I'm just fresh. You know what I mean? Like, um, so I would I would come at like I don't need you to teach. I don't need you to do that. I need you to just love kids. Like, could you just love kids? Could you see outside of yourself a little bit? Like, you know, I wouldn't. I wouldn't slam them with that necessarily. Like, you don't, don't take no for an answer. No, I'm, no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to put you on the schedule next week. <laughs> yeah, no. But I mean, I would, yeah. And I know, I mean, we have an awesome kids team and they are literally constantly like, I met with them. Like we need more people. We need more people. But fine. Say, what do you love to do? Like, do you love to like, do you have a passion for kiddos with sensory needs? Like, cause could you just be like a buddy, like a one-on-one with some of our sensory kiddos so that again, their family could sit through service and just have a, a moment to hear from God and like this kid could feel loved and not like, 
oh my gosh, he's here again. Like, you know what I mean? So, I don't know. I would try to say, what do you love to do? Like, oh, I won't. Like, I'll protect that. I won't, like, put you there unless you're ready or whatever. Like, I don't know. I'll pray and we'll stick around for a minute yeah. or two if you, if there, if you didn't get to your question. But thanks for being here and listening. It makes us feel great. But uh, just kidding. Uh, let's pray. Father God, we thank you so much.